0: Rope takes
1: seven. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tight Rope. I'm Katie.
0: I'm Alan, and we're still married. This is literally the seventh time we've <laughs> tried to do that intro and we've messed up each time. Let's keep rolling, Katie. We're on a roll at this point. This interview today is super fun. It's with Ashley and Shane, and Without any spoilers whatsoever, that was two of the takes that we deleted because we didn't want to spoil it. There's a lot of things about this couple that are very unique and different from other people's journeys within a mixed faith marriage. And we're excited for all of you to learn about uh, their story.
1: I think that you'll love it. It's it was both surprising and intriguing and very engaging for us to to talk with them.
0: Katie, can I ask you a question? Do you want to have sex, conversations with Natasha and other couples?
1: Well, we've done it a few times. I think I'm ready.
0: You better believe we've done it a few times.
1: (laughs) Oh, my
2: gosh, <laughs> you
0: guys. <laughs> we are uh, still promoting and, and uh, accepting sign-ups for our Sex and Intimacy Masterclass. Do you want to give the details of Yeah,
1: what exactly that so is? you can go to com. We are extremely immature and decided to make the class $69.
0: It's got to be a good sign. Now, to be fair, it was my idea, but... It got unanimous approval from you, Natasha. It did.
1: It got unanimous approval. And so. What
0: What is the course? Like, what is this thing? Yeah.
1: What is this thing? So, Natasha does a really good job of taking us through. Uh, how to talk about sex and intimacy and how to enhance your sex and intimacy life together as a couple, especially if you are a mixed-faith couple. But really, this can apply to anyone. We go through the tenders, how difficult it is to talk about things like what?
0: Masturbation, uh, new media choices. uh, When there's a faith crisis involved, Everything is being reevaluated and that can be really scary on both sides. And so you have to talk about some of these things and it's difficult to know where to start.
1: We talk about libido differences in both men and women. We we just talk about negotiating things that are hard to talk about. So
0: And we when we say we talk about it. Natasha uh, Natasha is a certified sex therapist. There are very few of those, especially within the the mixed faith marriage or LDS space. So we absolutely have an expert on our hands here. Right. So the the whole course, right? It's a pre-recorded presentation from Natasha for two hours, and then we get together on Thursday, February 11th at 7 p.m. Mountain on a Zoom call. And that is a 90-minute Q&A. If you have any
1: questions, you can email us at uh, marijonatyrope at gmail.com or send us a Facebook message or Instagram message, however you would like to do that. We are going to kick it over to our interview with Shane and Ashley. We hope you enjoy it. Shane
0: and Ashley, thank you very much for having us. for, yeah,
1: being thank here. You. for having
2: us.
0: Well, I, I think that they're having us. This is their time. They're oh, this inviting, is their They're time. inviting us to their party at this point. In their bedroom,
1: it looks like, maybe. <laughs> yep,
0: that's it. You got it. Love it. That's great. Okay, so we see a TV behind you. This is an extremely important question. What shows are you currently binging together?
3: Oh, my gosh. You know... <laughs>
2: <laughs> the real, the real answer to that is she's watching. She's watching Bridgerton. Just watch, finished watching that. I did too. And, and uh <laughs> I'm usually downstairs watching, watching a game or hanging out with the boys um or doing my own so thing. So, it, yeah. Or
3: we're in the room together, we'll spend like 30 minutes trying to figure out what to watch.
2: That's <laughs> the battle too. You know, we can never figure out. Hey, when we figure something out, it's like I'm falling asleep. So, it's. It's Our TV watching is kind of spotty. I'll tell you that. That's
0: probably good for the relationship, to be honest. More <laughs> more time off of the television set. Well, we are stoked. I always say excited. I don't want to say excited. We are stoked to have you guys here. I want to open it up with a question of why in the world did you want to talk about such an intimate thing? Only crazy people want to do this. Why do you want to do it? <laughs> Ashley, you, you reached I, out first, right? Why do you want to yeah. do this? <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, I just, I felt like I wanted our story shared and I feel like ever since we've been going through this, I've just been feeling this feeling of we've just got to get this out. I I want people to not feel so alone. You know, I want others to know that there are so many others that are going through this and, and probably because that's the way I also connect with people is, oh my gosh, you too. You know, like it's not just me. And so I think that's a big reason for me.
0: Absolutely. Shane.
3: Did you? you just, I
1: think Shane's getting roped into this. Is this
0: Shane, you <laughs> explain your mindset at the moment.
2: Well, I'll tell you if it, I would not be doing this if it wasn't for her, that's for sure. This wasn't my first <laughs> choice, but you know, with that being said, you know, I, she's got such a mind for service and a desire to help. And, and, uh, I see she's passionate about this topic. And, and so it's one that, that I want to, I'm mainly here in a supportive role. Um, and, and hope that you know if it if it can help somebody, I'm I'm good with that. So
0: awesome. that's what we're good trying man. to do. That's great. Well, appreciated on on both accounts, whether you're here under your own free will and choice or not, <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> or, the, or the free will and choice of your spouse. That's they're fun.
1: both they're that's both laughing. Nice. They're smiling. Oh yes, everyone's yeah. happy. Yeah, everyone's happy. We're good.
0: Well, yeah. we'd love to start where we often do at the beginning of life. Just tell us a little bit about your your upbringing, um, specifically anything that's relevant to kind of your your faith journey of uh, how how it was in the church growing up, etc.
3: Sure. Got four boys. Um, our oldest, yeah, our oldest just turned sixteen, and also just got a girlfriend.
0: Oh boy.
3: Yeah, and a driver's license. Um, And then our next one is 14 and then 11 and six.
0: Oh man, we would be such good friends.
3: I know you have the same (laughs) age kids we do anyway. So we're here in Kansas city. We've kind of moved all over the place. We started in Idaho at BYU, Idaho, and then we moved out to um, Cleveland, Ohio, where he attended dental school. And then we moved down to Texas where he did an, call it AEGD, uh, one year program. And then- what is that?
2: Is that like a specialty? When you graduate dental school, you you have the ability to go right out and be a dentist and, and do that. Or, um, what, it, An AEGD is an advanced education in general dentistry. Uh, it's kind of a, just a little residency. So you, there's a, there's a one-year program sponsored by the air force. And, uh, and then, and then I, uh, so when I completed that in Texas, the, uh, were signed out in okinawa japan and spent three years over there where our last wow. son was born so he's got a kind of cool birth certificate mm-hmm. uh looks a little bit different we were he's born on base but uh still born in japan so it was pretty neat and uh anyway i hijacked yeah. your question ash yeah, I you want to finish there or what
3: <laughs> and then we moved to mountain home idaho where we were at for one year that was a hard place for me because, you know, living on an Island for three years and then moving to there, it was just kind of shock, I think. And then, um, after that year we moved to Kansas city where he started a pediatric residency. And then that's when we just decided to stay here when he was done. So, cause you loved it so much in Kansas city. Well, I know I do because I grew up in Oklahoma mainly and uh, it just, I love the Midwest. It has a good feel to it.
2: It so- was a hostile takeover really. what happened. <laughs> her parents lived about five hours away from Kansas city. And then right as soon as I was finished in the residency, they decided to move to Kansas city. And, uh, so there was no getting me out of here because she was not getting out of here. So that's right. That kind of locked me down. So now, yeah, her, her parents live, here and her sister moved in here uh not far from us so it's you're never leaving uh, yeah we were sinking some pretty deep roots now you are locked in you are
1: locked in so you said that you grew up in oklahoma tell us a little bit about that experience and what your family life was like did you have two active parents and did you go to church
3: regularly yeah. So, you know, I, I say I'm from Oklahoma cause I, I lived there for middle school and high school basically. And, um, that's what I consider home, but we, yeah, our family was active. It was just not what you would consider. I don't think a strict Orthodox LDS home. My parents were kind of, I could tell they were, they had different opinions. Like my mom didn't mind letting me wear sleeveless tops. My dad didn't like it. Or my mom was the type to be like, "Let's skip church today," and or she'd be like, on the way home from church. If my dad was at work on the way home from church, she'd be like, "Should we stop and eat a Burger King?" You know. So <laughs> she was that type, but she wouldn't. I don't think she ever did that around my dad. So Come I think. On, he was mom, little- if
0: you're gonna break the Sabbath, at least make it a better place <laughs> than. <Burger>
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's kind of the home I was in there. It wasn't, and it wasn't like we weren't the type that like read every night and did FHE every Monday. It was kind of more like a, oh my gosh, we need to be doing this. Okay, guys, we're going to get on this now. And we would do it like a few times and then we'd stop for a long time. You know what I mean? So <laughs> It sounds a lot like so Alan no, and I's dial diet. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: yeah. We're going to start You're and then saying, yeah, we're like, just okay. going to let it go. And then we're
1: going to go back to it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And it was, it was, I, I actually had a really hard time in middle school and high school. I, I really struggled, especially with, you know, friends at church feeling like I fit in. I always kind of felt like the odd man out and I don't know if they all felt the same way, but that's the way I felt. And I felt like, I felt like they didn't really like me, you know, and, uh, I just didn't feel like I fit in. So I, I really struggled feeling secure at, you know, the youth activities or at church. I think I just felt like something was wrong with me and, and partly due to making bad decisions. You know, I, I, you know, I was a teenager. I was curious. And so there's just choices that I made that didn't line up with what you should be doing as a LDS teenager. And so I felt a lot of shame, I think, from that.
1: Now, did you feel shame from like leaders or your parents, or was it just like the internal feelings that you had that you shouldn't be doing it? And therefore it's causing you to feel fear and shame
3: that was basically it because i don't really remember anything specific happening i think it was just the overall message that i would get from what's taught and i knew like oh this this means that i'm i'm doing something really wrong you know and something's wrong with me <laughs> mm. and everyone else seems to have it together except for me shane did you
1: grow up in the same sort of setting in Oklahoma where did you grow up let's go to you and let's talk a little bit about your upbringing in the church
2: yeah yeah I uh, I grew up out in Idaho actually so not not quite Oklahoma um but uh she uh her experience was similar in that we were very active um in fact, I would say, to a higher degree, we were extremely active went to every activity um my dad was often involved in um leadership roles bishoprics and and things like that and and so very 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 um orthodox uh type of an upbringing uh where the church was was basically feeding every every facet of my life and um and so and I don't recall you know fighting that much in, in, in my younger years, I just kind of went along with it. That's just what we did. Uh, family home evening, pretty consistent, very consistent reading. There was a few days we'd miss in the week maybe, but, uh, for the most part, reading the scriptures as a family, having dinner together, that kind of thing. Um, I'm grew up in a family of five, five kids. I was the second, um, oldest and uh anyway so that's kind of was my was my experience it's a lot of time my dad in these bishoprics and and leadership callings you know Sundays he would be gone for hours and and uh out of the house and and so it was just uh my my mom and and our and our kids and I remember at times feeling frustrated with uh just that level of commitment required of him um to be gone as often as he was from our family it just felt like something that I couldn't um you know I didn't really think about I don't recall as a kid uh, so much as looking back on that and I feel I feel a little bit frustrated at just the level of of commitment that's that's asked of people sometimes and and what's um, in, in terms of some of these callings. And so anyway, that's kind of where it was, but very much an active, active kid in school in, uh, growing up, went to, to, uh, Rick's college, BYU, Idaho. And, uh, that's actually where I met my wife and, and, uh, served a mission. And, uh, how far do you want me to go on this? Or is this kind of (laughs) falling in? I I don't want to skip to the next thing before you're ready.
1: Well, I do want to talk about, um, your mission. So where did you serve? And what, what was your experience? Was it a positive one? Did you like it? Did you have yeah. a difficult time?
2: Yeah, actually, I really enjoyed my mission. In fact, just loved it. Um, I had, uh, I served stateside in Michigan and, uh, and it was, it was something that, um, was very special to me. Um uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly invested myself in that. And, uh, and had so many great opportunities i feel like in many ways i can look back on my mission and and say it was some of the best years of my life and i feel like i've tried to figure that out that's been a frustrating thing for me cuz i'm like well why the heck was i did i remember being so happy on my mission and um and as compared to you know other times of my life and even now sometimes you know and i and i feel like i was able to you know, I don't know that I mastered. I didn't know every answer to the questions. I didn't know the scriptures and could quote them like that. I, I was never like that, but I, I definitely felt confident in in myself. I think that's where I exhibited the most self confidence that I've ever had in my life. And then, you know, life happens and you get frustrations and and little failures here and there. And then it just creeps in and doubt and self confidence um, is an issue that I've, that I've struggled with at times. And I just felt free of that on my mission. And I'm not all, not sure all the reasons why, but, uh, I feel like that's, that's something that, um, definitely I can't, I can't deny. I I had a, uh, what I would consider a, a very special experience on my mission.
0: I think
1: that that is, um, really cool to hear. We've heard both, right? You know, there are people that have had really difficult times. Um, but there are also people who find themselves in this, in this position, or you can say in this space where they actually did have a good upbringing. They did come from Mm -hmm. a loving home. They had a good, um, good time on their mission and it was Mm -hmm. a positive experience. And then, um, like, like for Alan, something switches, right. And, and then things aren't okay and um i i get really uh oh, defensive i think probably ashley does too like mama bear when i hear people say well you've never wanted you've never invested yourself into this or you've never wanted
0: this um you must not have had a testimony
1: yeah people. yeah it right? that yeah. i mean th- when people say things like that it's it can be so damaging for those who yeah. were in it and were pretty happy too right mm-hmm. yeah mhm Ashley, why don't you talk about how you, the first time you met, and then it sounds like, did you write to him his whole mission? Tell us that story.
3: Oh, no, (laughs) no. So I was actually like, when I met him, I actually, my missionary that I told that I would marry, like before he left on his mission, you know, I happened to be available when he got home. And I actually was talking to this guy um, through the phone. We've been communicating for eight months since he- he got home, and I was going um, back out to BYU Idaho because I had left for a while, and so I decided to go back out there because he was going there. This other guy, and so I went out a month ahead of him, and that's when I met my husband.
2: <laughs> so... The guy, the guy had eight months after his mission. He didn't close the deal. He left the <laughs> door open, he and, and I, I decided I'm going to go go after it. So.
3: Smart, very smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, we met at a a basketball game. Actually, I was out there and I, I went to a basketball game to watch my roommate coach a girl, a girl's team. And he was actually there watching a girl play on the other team. And he saw me there alone and figured I couldn't she, be alone. She needed but I was. A friend.
2: So I, <laughs> I decided to be that guy. <laughs>
3: hey, there's the confidence coming in, right? Rich there we the go. You know
2: what? Seriously. So, and I, when I had met her, I just was fresh from my mission and, uh, or I had been home for, for, for a number of months, but not, uh, not long. And so I, again, I think that was the, the time period of my life when I feel like I had the most self- confidence, mm-hmm. uh, that I'd ever had. So, and I was like, Good thing I had that because I might have missed this one. So
3: <laughs> so you were married how long? Months after? Or? Oh, my gosh. We got married three months after meeting.
0: <laughs> and, as as <laughs>
3: I know. and, you know, the funny thing is, is that when I was first at, out at, at Rick's, I was there when it was still Rick's for a little while. But when I was out there, I, everybody was getting married left and right. Like, and I just was like, I got to find somebody, you know, it was like this, like race, like you have to hurry and find this person. then when I went back out and I was 22 at BYU, Idaho, I literally had a few people tell me I was old because they're like, you should be married by this age. If you're out here at BYU, Idaho, (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, people are calling me old. (laughs) Um, anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Where were we? <laughs> I can't no, you know, it's all no, part of it. This is all part
1: of it. And it's so funny <laughs> okay. that you say that because my mom, I came home from my mission, right? I was 22. And my mom, she'll never leave, live this down. She said, Katie, you have a small window of time where you'll find someone who will want you at your advanced age.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh <my God. laughs> like, 22 my (laughs) younger siblings never never got that to
0: be fair I almost didn't marry you because how old you were so
1: (laughs) so you get married three months after and where does life take you
3: um well I mean it wasn't long before we got pregnant uh we stayed in in Rexburg until I graduated I can't remember. I, it, it wasn't too long. We were probably there for about, at least another two
2: and a half years oh, from okay. after we got married before we moved.
3: Yeah. And so, um, and while we were there, we had our first son. He was born on a uh, Christmas day and he, his family lived only about 45 minutes away. So we could go visit often while we were out there. And then the interesting part is when we finally leave um, Idaho, we're on our way out to move out to, to Ohio We sold everything that we had, everything, enough to fit in a small car. And my parents were in Minnesota at the time. And so we stopped at their house um, on our drive out and we had to stay there for a few weeks because we still, um, we had to find a home. I think that's what we were doing. And so while we were there, I started noticing my parents finding things to do on Sundays Cause I grew up in a LDS home and I was thinking it got to a point where I think by the third Sunday where they were trying to find something to do instead of going to church, just saying is kind of weird, you know? And so then my mom sat me down and she said, Ashley, I just want to let you know that your dad and I and all your siblings do not go to church anymore. And I was like, and literally it was like being in a movie where the room starts spinning and you're just in shock. And I was like in shock. And I was like, what? She's like, I mean, should we call your dad and your husband? I was like, no, 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 don't do that. (laughs) Like, let's just sit here and just process this for a second. Um, And so that was the start of, I think, everything Mm. that shifted in our lives.
0: Wow. So, and you were how old when that, um, about, that 20, would have happened ish? Um, 20. Yeah. She's about 25
2: 24,
0: 25. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. big bombshell.
1: That is a huge bombshell. And how many, remind me how many siblings you have? Um, I have three siblings, a three sister. Siblings. Sister and two brothers. So, I mean, I don't know what would be worse. Like, I mean, of course it would feel really like a bombshell, right? That your whole family's out, but also the fact that no one had told you.
3: Yeah, that was so boggling to me. I was like, why am I the last person to know? And why were they all keeping it from me? I didn't understand. And they were like, well, you have a family. You're pregnant with your second child. We actually didn't want to tell you until you had you know, gave birth to your child or to Tanner, but, but they, they were like, we just figured there was kind of no hiding it now. Cause we're not going on Sundays while you're here. So I figured I'd just tell you type of thing, you know? And so, um, yeah, it was huge. Did you ask them why, why they left? Yeah. It was church history. Okay, They had, they had no idea about anything in the church history. They didn't know any of the ugly parts at all. And so they just, they felt, I think it was shocking for them. They felt very betrayed. Uh, I think my mom though, she wanted to stay in even knowing that stuff. However, um, it was a really hard situation. I, you know, I can't imagine like, you know, the, the emotions for both of them. I, but I know that my mom felt like she had an ultimatum given to her. Mm. So she just kind of, she chose her husband and, and I can understand that. (laughs) And so, but even in the moment of all the heat of that, you know, the fact that she was able to make that choice, I don't know if, I don't know what I would have done if I were her.
0: Right. Um, Well, this is a, this is a really interesting, I'm looking up at my bookshelf, uh, which doesn't matter to anybody because this is an audio podcast, but (laughs) looking up at my bookshelf and David Osler's book up there, uh, Bridges is up there and one thing that he talks about just reminds me of your story ashley with your parents that earlier on your your mom was the one that was more relaxed behaviorally in the church and yeah. she was the one that was like i still want to stay in and that's yeah. what we see a lot like mm-hmm. there there isn't a strong correlation when you when someone is is exiting the church between behaviors like behaviors are very separate from beliefs,
1: right?
0: Uh it, There's a ton of millennials looking at the other book by Jenna Reese next to it. <laughs>
2: there's, <laughs> there's a
0: lot of millennials that are full believers now that full believers. drink, yeah, that are full yep. believers, but they drink coffee, right. they, they have, they have premarital sex, they, they do all sorts of stuff. But, yeah. and so I think that's important that, that helps, that helps break down that stigma as well. So that we don't fall into that trap again of saying like, well, what have you done wrong? Like you clearly some, you, you, you weren't all in at some point or something else was going on. And that's just not the case.
1: I want to go to Shane. Shane, what was your thoughts when you found out what was going on?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it, it was, it definitely really surprised me. She, I think that particular time, I think they had a stain in her mom's closet or something sleeping in there because it was a big family. It was like Thanksgiving and we had a bunch of family there. And so that was where we were. But we found a found a quiet space and and she told me and, and we were it definitely took me way back. And I couldn't, um, you know, certainly everything that that she did present in terms of church history, of course, I, ha- I had I haven't. And even now I don't feel like I've really invested a lot of time in, in studying that stuff. And, uh, and so I was fiercely defendant or, you know, I would defend that and, and say, this is, this is ridiculous, but you know, and, and I would try to defend every position or every point that she would say that her parents brought up. And, and, uh, and so that's probably why Ashley knew sh- she didn't want me involved in those conversations with her parents. Cause she wanted us to have a, a quality relationship and, and, uh, there would probably be some confrontation. And, and so that's where I was at the time when this was all starting as I kind of felt, uh, you know, I was fully invested in the church and, and, uh, not necessarily reading scriptures every day and doing all the, doing all the, the thing, seminary answer kind of things that, that we had to do, but, but, uh, fully no doubt and, yeah. uh, and believing so.
1: So. To this point, the listener probably doesn't know who who made the faith transition because I think up to this point it sounds like it could be either of you, right, Ashley with your family, Ashley with your family out, and then Shane going back to your feelings about your dad um, spending a lot of time with the church and not the family. So, when did it start to shift for either of you, and in what direction?
2: Well, you know, I think. You know, we were talking about this and, and, uh, and she, and I tend to agree. I I feel like that really, um, that bombshell from her parents probably was the earliest sign of, uh, of a little chink in my armor. Um, even though I was kind of positioning and posturing myself in this position of defending it to, to the end, you know, it, I think it did struck, strike me, um, and then as as time went on, of course, different callings I had um took me away from my family uh you know throughout dental school and dental school is busy enough as it was, and and so just this idea of you know, hey, these these um church leaders are calling you to this, aka the Lord is calling you if you say no to this, what are you doing? You know, and just that it's almost this guilt. I, I felt this, I don't know that that was their intention, but right. I just felt this guilting into this, like, how can I say no? Um, and I felt um, just kind of pressured that way. And and so that was starting to, starting to play in my mind. And I was kind of internally bothered by that. Something else that I struggled with, and even throughout our marriage, um, through the First, first half of our marriage, um, especially anytime I thought about these, this this ideas, I got deeper into this and feeling like I needed to take a step back from the church and my activity. Um, I was bothered by something that Ashley told me when we were dating, and that was she made it clear she would not marry me outside of the temple. And um, I felt kind of like again with going back to my confidence, I felt a little that stings, you know, to think that, okay, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not wedding marriage material if I don't marry you in that, in the temple. And, uh, and that, and that just hurt because, you know, it still kind of does. You can see how I'm talking about it. Like I, I feel like the, the um, climate in the church sometimes breeds that type of a type of a feeling and, and can make people feel really small Um, and so that's kind of what, that's kind of what happened to me is I, I just wanted to feel, I just had felt like in my experience in the church, there were things that, that were making me feel guilty for, you know, and then in, you know, something that drove me crazy was priesthood meeting. You know, every time in priesthood meeting, they would be looking for volunteers, volunteers for this. We need four brethren to do this and we need this people to do this. Who who will do it? We just need and t- taking hands. And I just felt like, you know, always you're seeing the same people raising your hands. And, you know, I have no interest in doing whatever it was that they were asking. But uh, at the same time, I'm feeling guilty for not raising my hand. Like, gosh, I got the time I got. I probably have more time than this guy, but he keeps raising his hand. And he's so, he's so faithful. What am I? And so I just played that, that game in my head. yeah. And, um, and it just, that's kind of where it started going downhill for me in terms of just my desires to be active in the church.
0: Right. That's, that's so interesting. And, and I know that's like, impossible. It's not our role to say, I'm so sorry that that, that yeah. was your experience, but we are, you know, yeah. I'm sorry that that was your experience. It's yeah. Yeah, the church can ask a lot, and it can hit people different ways. Some people really thrive on that sense of responsibility, and the guilt never really seeps in, and it's a terribly positive experience. Experience, or a wonderfully—I maybe this is a better adjective—a yeah. wonderfully yeah. positive experience. But then, in your case, it's like this just doesn't serve me anymore. Like this yeah. is just this is not helping me feel good about myself.
2: Yeah,
1: and going back to what is modeled in your home. I mean, I, I can, I can see how that would affect you as a father, you know, Oh, you mm. e- even feel that, that guilt that, Oh, I should be doing that. This is what my dad did. Yeah. This is something that I should do. I should step up to, we can all go to therapy over a lot of things about how we grew up because everyone yeah. <laughs> has their own own beef. But um I think that that, Really is put on a pedestal in the church, right mm-hmm. the wife yeah. who supports the husband to do yeah. all of the things for everyone else except be with their family yeah. Yeah. and um i I think that there are some positives to service on for the women and for the men, but um I also mm-hmm. think that we have to stop talk- you know feeling guilt and shame for not doing something when mm-hmm. we are putting our family first, and that's something that yeah. That's a culture that really needs to um, go away in the the church, right? Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that, you know, how he said that I, I had told him that I wouldn't marry him outside the temple. And, Mm -hmm. and it's something that I can see now how that must have been very hurtful. But I remember when, you know, before I am to where I'm at right now, I just couldn't understand what he was saying like i i was like what do you mean like of course i wouldn't have married you you know like i and and i didn't know like it was like ingrained in my head that this is uh, like i was ingrained in my head that i'm going to marry in the temple it was like the goal you know and so i couldn't like and i just i couldn't see a different path and so i don't know like i it took me a while to completely understand where he was coming from with that
0: well i think most of the the listeners katie and myself included are in the same boat whether that conversation actually like literally audibly came out of your mouth before marriage of hey by the way uh it's temple or bust it was just understood i always knew that you and i were gonna get married in the temple and and
1: we told your dad we couldn't wait a year to get married because we wouldn't be able to get married in the temple. That's true. Yeah. We
0: we told him, hey, we want to yeah. get married in four months, and he's like, well, you should wait until a year from now. And we said, if you want a temple marriage,
2: yeah, it'll be
0: in four months. And he said, okay.
3: Yeah, uh, yep. that's why so, we got uh, married so uh, fast. Yeah. That's right. That's
0: right. Wow. Okay. So so Ashley, if I can ask, then um. We've got a little chink in Shane's armor, right? Shane, you're you're experiencing a few things with Ashley's family coming out. That was a curveball. We haven't heard that one before. Yeah. And so, how does it progress from there? To is there a a slow fade? Is there a moment where it's just I can't do this anymore? And then I know it's a little odd that I'm asking Ashley, but kind of when did it become clear to you that that Shane was kind of headed towards that that direction?
3: Um I think it was after we moved to Kansas City. You know, I still remember the moment where he actually told me something and and before that I think I just I didn't think much of of you know his I don't know what you call it being passive or, or with the church mm-hmm. or whatever I didn't think much of it. Um but I remember you know we were already going through some difficult things in our marriage and then when he told me he sat me down and said, you know that he was considering not going anymore. And I just was like, what, <laughs> like, how is this happening to me? You know, cause I think that I tried preventing this from happening to my family. What happened to my parents and my siblings, I was not going to let happen to my family. And so when he t- told me that it was just like, it was almost like the last straw for me. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay in this marriage now. Like, like I can't. I can't keep having all these things pile on me and then not break or, or not run. Like, you know what I mean? And so, um, so it just, I don't know. It, it, you know, there were, there were signs before, like I said, but I just didn't, I didn't really pay attention to it because he was going.
1: I want to ask, you said that you tried to prevent it happening in your own family in your mind. What did that look like? Were you all of a sudden super orthodox
3: and trying everything? Yeah, kind of. And I didn't realize that I was doing this, but it was like one of those things where I just got so afraid. I was like, oh my gosh, now I need to really get into this. I've got to study and study. I've got to know all the answers because I know my parents are going to come at me and I I got to know how to answer them and I have to be confident with what I'm saying, you know, so that so that i don't turn to their side it was just like this like i got to just dive into this and i did i was i i would say <laughs> my husband would probably say i i kind of became obsessive um with reading and studying um and and feeling and i don't know and, and in many ways you know there was a lot of good that came from it but but also i could see how there was a lot of fear behind those things that i was doing
2: well and so, i and i would say also it like i almost feel like i mean i certainly could never put it on her um but it at the i was troubled by even that her her desires and the constant nature of her study uh scriptures and stuff uh, you know that's all she wanted to talk about when we were together and just i just felt like kind of second best, like good grief. Can we put this topic away and, and let's, let's do something else. Like it was always, if I, if you asked me, you know, what's the most important thing in your life, I would say her um, would be my answer. And to her, her answer would be God. And, and then I'm second maybe, or whatever on that list. And, and somehow, you know, and I feel like maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe it is supposed to be God first, but in my mind, it just made me feel second best. And, uh, and so that, that was a little, a little thing too, that, that was, uh, troublesome. Um, but yeah, getting back to Kansas city, I think that's really where it started. Um, or where it kind of blatantly came out that I was not, not active for an extended period of time, you know, in Japan, I was in the branch presidency out there, super busy, you know, spending hours at church, just like I um, was talking about my dad, having seen my dad do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and towards the end, about a month or maybe two months, a month, two, two months, maybe before we moved back here to Kansas city, I asked to be released. I said, Hey, we got to release me. You know, we're having a baby. We uh, are going to be moving. And, uh, the branch president didn't want to release me yet. And, uh, And there was the other counselor was almost in the exact same boat as me. He just wasn't moving, but he was having a kid. And, and uh, I said, well, I'm not him. I'm me. I'm asking, I need you to be, I need you to, you need to release me. And then of course he finally does. And then they call the stake presidency, some stake presidency member calling me in asking me types of questions like, "Oh, what's going on? Are you doing okay? Like I could tell he was checking in on me probably because I'd been asked to be released. And um, when we got to Kansas city, they called me, wanted to call me to be the cub scout leader. I initially said yes. Cause that's what I always do. And I went back and told them after, you know, no, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I can do this. And he's like, Hey, if you can be in the air force, you can be the cub scout leader. And I said, like, well, that's not what I, uh, you know, I'm not, um, I don't feel like that's something I'm willing to commit to right now. And he said, well, sh- you know, what makes you different? You know, all the, all these other people have not enough time either, you know, but what, what makes you different? Why should you be the one that doesn't have a calling when everybody else is doing it? Why are you so special? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind (laughs) of, that's kind of the way he was approaching me. And and it was really off-putting to me. You know, I respect the man, um, and had positive experience. Experiences before and after this conversation with him. But I was very frustrated by that experience when I asked. And it goes back to that same idea that, how do you say no to this? This is the Lord's chosen leaders asking you as if from the Lord himself. And it just, uh, I uh, I needed to take a step back because I was not in a good mental place with with it. And so that's kind of where it, where I just wanted to stop going for a bit.
1: It sounds like I mean both from Ashley you talking about how focused and you were studying and you were doing all these things and then Shane how busy you were it that it sounds a little bit like it was suffocating in Japan because you had so many things going on plus um Ashley you were trying to control right what you thought you could control and yeah. then you got you got to where you were in Kansas City and no, there's no control there. There's I'm done. I'm done with the calling. I'm done um with everything. And then your nurse so your worst nightmare comes true true. I mean, yeah. really. And and how how do you handle it? What did you do when you realized he is not coming back?
3: Um, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like because I had worked through a lot of things of with my whole family leaving the church. It somewhat helped me in this position. Even though it was still hard. Um, had they not left and then he left, I don't know what I would have done. Part of me is like, maybe I would have left him. So I'm glad my family left so I could learn from that. But but him leaving, it was just it was more that I I think I just felt sorry for myself.
2: Sure. <laughs> like, how did this
3: happen? This was not supposed to happen. This was not in the plan. Um, I want him here with me. I come to church and I feel alone. People are looking at me like they feel sorry for me. Poor Ashley, you know, pity me. And I don't want people pitying me. And, uh, and so it was hard for a while because, and around, around the same time too, my best friend told me she left. And so, um, it was just like, just kind of getting to this place where I had to accept it and I had to like shift the way I was thinking. Cause I just couldn't stay where I was at. I don't know. It was, it was hard. It was hard for a while, but I eventually figured out how to get to a different place. So how
1: long ago was this where um, you found out and you stopped going? How many years has this
3: been?
2: I I would say, I mean, what, th- three years or. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably a, most of three years that I've, that I've not really been, I've been pretty spotty here and there um, with attendance. I'll, I would go occasionally And, uh, there was even one time the, the Bishop asked me to come in. They, they, I hadn't been to the church in how long, I mean, it had been months, almost a year and they called me in to give me a calling. And, uh, and what's funny is at that time I accepted that and, and actually went through a phase of, of being super active again for a a period of time, but only to kind of fall back in these same feelings and. And uh, finding myself not wanting to be there. Why am I even here? I'm a puppet. I'm a, I'm faking it. And that's the thing that I hated the worst is I felt like a phony. Like I, I'm, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid here, but yet I'm still walking this. And, and so if I feel like I'm a phony um, or, you know, faking it, I, I couldn't do that. And so that's kind of why, uh, again, I'm back where I'm at with just, just not feeling like I want to be there. I felt feel triggered at times when um, you know, the boys had young men's activities or this or that. We're just getting home from work and oh we got to rush the kids over here for this church activity or that. And and I just get like, ah, just turn it off. Like I feel suffocating is a word. I feel like that really does I got to a point where it wasn't serving me. Um and in fact It was just infuriating me, getting me more and more upset and feeling I go from zero to 60 in terms of my emotions, depending on, you know, if church is brought up, like it's a a sensitive kind of thing, topic, um, depending on what it is. Like those types of activities, I get frustrated, find myself getting frustrated pretty quickly sometimes with that.
3: Yeah, I remember one time the missionaries coming over uninvited again, and he didn't like that. <laughs> like, don't come uninvited at eight p.m.
2: Yeah, and yeah, we were watching a movie, and you know, and I feel bad about this. I don't feel like I'm a mean guy. I'm a pediatric dentist. I work with kids all the time, so I I I felt so frustrated. Though we were watching, a, I think it was a game. There's a football game on or something, and. And they just popped in and, and I was a missionary. I would, I'm kind of ashamed at the same time to think, why did I treat them like this? But they knocked on the door. Ashley answered it. They wanted to come in. They didn't have anything necessarily, but they wanted to um, chat with us. And she invited him in to stay. And I said, I looked at her like, what are you doing? We're watching a game. And, and, uh, and so I just came over. So what's, uh, what's, what's going on here? And you know, I just, I just did not look pleased. I was like, "So, hey, uh, what's going on?" And uh, and they were like, "Oh, we just wanted to share a message." I was like, "Well, you know, we got plans tonight. Uh, if you want to come over here, you need to call us. And you need to give us a heads up. Um, don't just be popping in." And uh, so I kind of, I did dismiss them a little bit. I actually called them later and apologized. I, I didn't mean to be that way, but it. I just feel triggered sometimes with it. And, and uh, that was one of the ways that it kind of manifested itself.
3: Yeah. And I think with him leaving, watching, it was completely different watching my family leave versus him leaving. Cause with him, I'm in it with him. He's my husband. I'm seeing what's going on with him. Mm -hmm. So I started also seeing things differently than I ever had before and started getting frustrated by things that I just, things I never saw. And so I, I, that's when things started changing for me and I still was studying a lot, still seeking a lot. Um, I, I love prayer. I love connecting with God. I feel like I figured my things out that way. Um, and, and so I, I personally started shifting a little bit, started where I used to see like religion and God as one. I started seeing this gap growing between the two as I was, you know, just trying to figure all these things out. And it kind of freaked me out there for a little while. I was like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? But I just kept having this feeling of let the process happen. Like, you know, I've trusted everything that's happened so far and I just need to allow these things and just not be afraid and run from it, but just see where it goes. And so that's what I did. And anyway, so now I feel like I'm just a very nuanced member and and. I don't know. And, and where I have a lot of things that really bother me about religion. Now I still am very close to God. Um, where, and then I feel like he's a little different. Um, we're kind of different in that aspect. I don't know that he feels the same way I feel about God.
0: Well, here's a personal question. How do
2: you feel about God, Shane? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's, she talks like she has this connection with him. And, um, and I've, feel nothing like i don't i don't have a connection and uh and so it's 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 like i go through the motions and and so you know i want to some every now and again i'll go hey we let's pray before we eat our dinner you know or something like that and i'll do i'll do that and and right before christmas you know christmas eve we would always read luke chapter two and and uh you know have a little kind of gospel christ-centered conversation and and you know i feel i felt a few feelings there as we were talking that's the most i remember feeling in a while actually but for the most part i feel numb i kind of feel numb to it the biggest thing though is i can't i can't explain what's the purpose of life without without the gospel view of of the purpose of life i have no answer and so i feel like well god must exist you know but at the same time i don't feel him and uh And uh, so it's just harder to see for me right now. So I don't I feel kind of kind of in a just a confused um, position where I'm I'm really a little bit uncertain in terms of that type of thing. Um, I don't I don't feel necessarily driven to find the answer so much either at the same time. But I do feel I kind of feel just kind of up in the air like I don't really know.
0: So sh- thank you for sharing that. Shane, yeah. sometimes the uncertainty, there's different approaches to it. And I'm sensing a little bit of apprehension with the uncertainty that it's a, you wish you could know.
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. I'm troubled by the fact that I don't know. Um, okay. Okay. But, and so it's kind of like, and again, you, you, Katie, you kind of mentioned earlier, just the idea of you know, seeing my dad, how that was modeled, like the the man was, in my mind, this guy's a saint, like he was multiple bishoprics, he was a bishop, he was a stake president, this guy, this guy has done so much in the church and modeled this perfect father image, how am I even, I can't, I can't live up to that standard, you know, and I, you know, my kids are getting, uh, when they're getting ordained, they're all boys, you know, so, and they're all spread out to where, there's ordinations I feel like happening all the time. These kids are turning the right ages to where they need ordained and they need their dad to do that. And I just feel like, you know, for a while I was kind of, all right, I'll get a little active a few months or, you know, a few weeks before. And so I'll feel more comfortable being the man to ordain him. And then, and then it got to a point where I don't, I don't, I can't do it. I can't fake it. Bishop, why don't you ordain him? You know? And so I had, the Bishop ordained our, uh, some of our boys at different times. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of, it's kind of hard. I, I forgot what your question was in regard to what got me going on this topic, but that's, that's some of the things that I'm, that, uh, that I think about in regard to this is how much I look up to my dad for what he did, but at the same time, um, you know, have felt troubled that measuring up to that standard has been difficult for me. And, um my parents know maybe somewhat of my of my struggles of where I'm at now um and I was surprised at i felt relieved in the moment when I kind of presented some of those issues to them uh, and They were receptive and uh they certainly didn't didn't agree with my thoughts um in regard to to what I was saying or believing about myself or, or about this situation, but at the same time very under felt understanding. But then again, you know, months go by and I can tell, you know, they sent even their Christmas gifts that they sent us. They sent us like a, a nightlight that has a, you know, a Salt Lake temple on it and Great. plug it into all. I, I just felt like very church centered types of gifts. And, um, you know, I would hate if they listened to this conversation, like yeah. I would be so ungrateful. But at the same time, I feel like there's a motive in what they're doing, um, and what they're giving and in what they say on these, there's family group chats and things like that. Um, I feel like they are concerned and, um, worried about our family uh, because of, of how we're believing and, and
3: I
1: think that they're doing what they themselves were taught to do, right. To, to continue to fellowship and reach out and especially to their own children. And I yeah. think many of us feel that uh, we are in the same situation. So I, I want to just validate that that's not uncommon. Um, um, their yeah. their motives from their eyes are coming from a place of love, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, and and even though they don't quite understand uh, the depth and breadth of what's happening in in the home. They don't see it day to day. That was one of my biggest gripes is like you don't you don't see our day to day and how we how we function as a family. And right. um that that's that's hard. It's hard to be gracious enough to accept um a temple <laughs> a yeah. temple nightlight and not throw it yeah. in the garbage. <laughs>
2: yeah. I know. yeah. Well I mean it's a special building. That that's where we were married. The yeah. Solid temple and, and there were some other gifts I don't know. I just felt like, especially the gifts that were given to Ashley, um, if, cause she's been a little bit more vocal in terms of her position on Instagram and my mom sees that. And so I feel like they're a little bit more I think concerned
3: they're concerned about
2: her position <laughs> sure. right now. And so I felt, I just felt like there was a motive behind what they were doing and sharing, sure. and giving. And so sure. It's I hard. You don't want to feel like a project. You just want to feel loved. And, Absolutely. uh, yeah. No strings attached. No you don't want to. strings attached to that love, of
0: course not. And oh, man, yeah. can I say you guys are a breath of fresh air? Because Shane, as you're telling your story, I feel this angst, right? I feel, I feel how this is still very—it's presently a constant struggle for you. Am I wrong?
3: Can sorry? Can you restate that? You guys froze for a second. Oh, sorry. Oh, did we? Okay. Yes.
0: So Shane, as you're telling your story, I'm I'm sensing like whether the emotions coming back or it's still present. Like this is a, an ongoing struggle that, that, that confidence, the connect, the wanting to be able to answer these questions, uh, your, your journey and what you're experiencing and sharing now is, is so different from, I would dare to say most people's exit from the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your, your typical late thirties stumbled on church history guy. And that's a lot of, of, a lot of men my age are that way where the church and women. and women, no, mm-hmm. for sure. But, you know, for, for, for me, it, it was, it was the history and then it was, well, shoot, even though this works really well for me, uh, I'm now hearing things that I know aren't quite the way that, that I, I thought they were. And I've read this and, and now the Bishop is saying that, and I need to meet with him. And all of a sudden I'm feeling like it, it doesn't work for me because of that. Yeah. But and and I feel like your story is is so much different, and so much different than that. And I really appreciate you sharing it because it's it's teaching me a lot. And, and Ashley, I'm getting a little bit um, curious. You know, you mentioned Shane mentioned your Instagram account and sort of your position. What <laughs> are, what are you sharing on Instagram?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've just been trying to share my journey. It's been a little scary. Um, But I, 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 I am someone who loves to write and I, my mind is just always thinking and I'll just get insights, random insights. And as I'm reading or doing whatever, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and it just, and I can't help but share what, when I have those moments, like I have to get it out (laughs) and I don't know how to describe, I just have to get it out. So I, I started that Instagram page to just get all of that out and then, um, Anyways, and and I just share, you know, the things that I've I've learned in the process of having family leave, and also the things that I'm experiencing in that process. Right. I, I want to go to. Uh,
1: you guys were talking about your boys earlier, right? Yeah. Getting the yeah. priesthood, and one of the biggest sources of contention, besides the how are we going to work through this, is how do we raise children now. Like, what is it that we're going to do? Are we going to allow them to par- fully participate? Are we going to allow them to choose for themselves? How do we handle At that? At what age?
0: Can yeah. they choose not to go?
1: So yeah. what if you wouldn't mind, Ashley, talking a little bit about how you've been able to work through that.
3: That has been really hard, actually. <laughs> um because, you know, we've talked about it and I'm like, when do we, because, you know, Shane has been pretty open with them. When he first decided to stop going, we we're like, well, we got to share something like this is going to look weird to them. Why isn't dad coming? <laughs> so he, he has been open with them and saying, you know, I just can't go right now. I just experiencing these feelings that, um, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but just was open about it. and. um and so, but then, and and I was the one that was, you know, taking them. It was kind of, that was my job. And I felt like it was my job to take them. And then once I started getting to where I'm at, which was just this year really of, um, it all started, I think in quarantine. <laughs> and so um, I got to where I was like, I'm not sure I feel like going every Sunday. And, and then I'm like, well, what about the boys? And I started feeling you know, a little bit still the weight of, I need to be taking them, but then kind of like, you know, like we just, I think we were talking one Sunday and Shane brought it up and then it just all came out where I was at. And I just let them know that I was just in a place where I was unsure. And, you know, I knew my, my connection with God. I just don't know, I'm uncertain about the church is basically what I said, but I also said, you know, I don't think we have to know. And I wanted them to know, we both let them know that we support whatever they want to do. Like I'm I will take you anytime you want to go. If you don't want to go. Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm, I, I'm tired of like trying to push my agenda (laughs) because I've learned that even when I try to, it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And so Um, but I still, I personally still feel guilt on some Sundays. Sundays can be kind of hard if we don't go. I feel like, and and Shane knows this, you know, like if we don't go, I, I feel like, okay, well, we need to sit down and we need to do something like our own little sacrament meeting. And, and then, you know, he's just like, wait a second, why, you know, like we don't have to. And so it's just this mentality, I guess. I don't know. I, it's like, there's still a little fear there. Like if we don't do these things with them, then what's going to happen? I mean, maybe they won't be successful adults, you know? (laughs) Um,
0: There are no successful non LDS adults.
3: (laughs) That is a good point. I know.
0: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I get it. I absolutely get it. Ashley, I, and actually, I have a message for listeners, specifically those, um, believing spouses that are, that are listening. Like this could be really difficult to listen to. Um, it can be difficult. A lot of spouses have this fierce hope that and desire for, for them to stay. I want to stay. Yeah. I'm going to stay. Uh, the church works for me and hearing. Hearing someone that used to be in that position that not necessarily is heading out, but is now in a different, different position. It's scary for them to hear that. It's scary to think, no, 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 don't, don't share this. And listeners, (laughs) I have to, I want to be really clear and direct. Every single couple who comes and shares their experience on, on this podcast is their own unique, marriage and experience and is completely fully valid if if this specific couple is not your story that's great that's totally fine Uh, there are so many different paths through mixed faith marriage so many and we've seen Eddie and i've seen a lot of them and you know ashley i i hope that I hope that um that you are getting a lot of support in where you're at as well. You you mentioned maybe some of your family is there's family members that are a little concerned and on Shane's side about you sharing things like that. But do you feel supported in in what you're trying to do, sharing your story too?
3: I feel supported on the Marco Polo group that I I get on. That is yeah, that is where I. I go when I need the support, honestly, because I and my family, they all stop going, but I can't go to them because they are very just, you know, like I did let my mom in a little bit on, you know, a little bit of where I'm at. And she was like, oh, so Gavin's not serving a mission, is he? And I was like, well, I'm leaving that up to him. He's going to decide what you would let him go on a mission and teach something that's not true. I'm like, I'm not deciding that for him, you know, so like I can't go to them either. And so um, there are times where I feel like I can talk to my husband, but, you know, he can still get triggered. It's just not his topic. And so um, I know when I can talk and when I can't type of thing. So I go to the Marco Polo group. That's where I find my support. And they are an amazing group of women. I've been yes, they on and are.
1: off. I've, I can't keep up with 30 messages a day, but hey, I know <laughs> times I hop
3: on. They are such loving, wonderful, supportive women. They really are. They're very supportive. And I feel like they know exactly where I'm at. They are very wise. I just, I I really love, love listening to them.
1: I want to make a comment. Um, you know, Alan mentioned that this isn't your story, right? Um, that's okay. It, it looks different for every couple, but I think that there is wisdom in every couple's story. So even if it's not your story, even if you don't directly relate to it, you can absolutely understand some of the feelings and the takeaways from an interview like this, because, um, we're all have a similar thread. <laughs> and being in this group together, right? Yeah. Um, Shane, I wanna ask a sensitive question. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you don't want to answer, let me know. But
2: delete, delete. <laughs> just, um
1: uh... I I wanna ask, knowing what you know from your past and how your father modeled how to be a father, how to how to do church, how do you want your kids to know how fathers act outside of the church what is it that you want to model to the to your children if they decide to stay in or if they decide to stay out
2: um well you know the the biggest thing that i want my kids to get from me is just being men of integrity and uh and being open and i I i've am fully honest with them in terms of, in terms of where I'm at, you know, I just, uh, I feel like I try to inspire them to just be the best version of themselves, whatever that looks like. Um, I want them to respect, you know, other people's opinions, despite the fact that they may differ from, from, um, their own. And, uh, so anyway, that's really what I what I hope that they gain from me is that they see an imp- imperfect father that's willing to admit that and uh that's understanding and can listen and um I don't know, in terms of in terms of their spiritual side, I feel like there is there is a component of uh you know, a spiritual version of themselves that that they need to cultivate and I I worry that I'm not helping grow that uh well enough. Um, I think that's where Ashley comes in. Maybe she's a lot better at it than I am in in regard to that. I don't know if that fully addresses your question or, or not, but I, I just feel like, um, those are the things that are important to me that my kids, I hope can, can gain the sense of, um, I do, and I would be proud to, to have them serve a mission just knowing, you know, what it did for me, you know, despite the fact that I'm where I'm at at the moment, you know, I, I feel like they could still, that was a big part of becoming a man for me and, and growing up and, and, uh, and so I feel like they can learn that there. They can learn it in other ways too, though. So it doesn't require a mission to get to there. But um, yeah, I would, I'm not, it's, I'm not in a position. What's interesting is I don't want to attend church, but I don't necessarily, um, you know, disagree with the basic tenets of the church or, you know, I don't, I don't read a bunch of, uh, material that would be antagonistic towards the church 's doctrines and things like that that 's um so it 's kind of like i 'm in a weird spot where I kind of believe but i don 't and mm. i don 't want to attend, but yet you know i can and i 'll defend the church to if it's if it 's uh spoken of in a certain way you know i I find myself even getting defensive towards it but and and uh backing it up. So it's a, it's a, I'm in a weird spot in terms of where I'm at, um, but uh, I'm still deep in the trenches of, of figuring that aspect out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And hey, thank you for answering. That's not an easy question to answer because, I mean, it's hard to imagine really like what impact you're having on your own children because mm-hmm. they have their own points of views and the their own stories that they're telling themselves about who their parents are. And so, but I, I like what you said about integrity because clearly that's what you're living right now. You're trying to figure it out. You're, it doesn't feel good to go. So a man of integrity wouldn't be there and, and you're supporting your wife and your kids and whatever they, they choose to do. And I mean, that is the best thing that you could model to them. So I just Mm want to validate that.
2: Oh,
0: thank you. I want to validate something too. (laughs) Uh, Shane. (laughs) I, I'm connecting a couple of dots, but you're, you're making some light bulbs go off in my head as well. You mentioned you, you would be great. It, it would be fine if, if your boys, if one of your, your kids wanted to, to serve a mission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want them to learn how to respect other people's, um, beliefs and opinions. And I mean, who wouldn't say that? <laughs> and which is, so that's great. And I'm thinking towards that mission and like, I'm actually now looking back at my mission. I think that I could have used a father with the message that you just shared. Um, Not to say that my dad was shared any, anything wrong, but I think I went as many of us do on missions with a, this chip on my shoulder of, I have something that will help everyone. And if they don't listen, that's on them. When really the approach should be, I have something that, that might really work for some people and I need to go find those people who it will work for. And if it, if someone doesn't want to listen to it, well, then it it's not for them. They already have something that, that is working for them. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. not the attitude that I took as a missionary. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step to a modern missionary being, sure. being successful yeah. is recognizing there are people that this could help. I think of Bill Real, right? Bill real was a mess and the church really helped him in that. And he still talks about that today where he was in, on drugs and the, the church pulled him out of it. And he's very grateful to this day for it. Didn't end up working out for him a decade and a half later. But so thank you for sharing that because it's, yeah. I'm, I've, I've never had that moment of clarity of, um, how I wish uh, that that's such a small little thing for me to piece together because I loved my mission a lot. But now I think, man, I could have been much more compassionate if I would have taken that approach. And so thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Ashley, what have been some of the wins in your marriage that things that you've worked through things that you've learned that has really helped you grow and come closer together?
3: Oh, how do I don't even answer that. Um, <laughs> some wins loaded. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it's, Gosh, you know, marriage is really hard, and then when you throw in these kind of things, it's just like super hard. Um, But honestly, I feel like these things have, even in the hard parts of it, I feel like it's really helped me to see him. It's helped me to to also find a bit more of myself, and it's helped me to really try to see outside of my box and and understand. And so I feel like, I mean, personally for me, those are my wins, like, you know, being able to, to get past my own self and to really experience my husband and what he's gone through and for me to become a, a different person, a better version of myself because of those things. I'm lucky cuz I feel like he's really good at at um listening to me and <laughs> I've probably not been as great honestly <laughs> um so uh I don't know <laughs> how things would have gone if I had a husband that was like as stubborn or um maybe as hard-headed as I can be and and not to say he can't be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> anyways i i feel like the fact that we just keep trying to show up for each other every single day and not give up like we're just we just don't know how to give up <laughs> so we just keep trying every day with it
2: i think the i mean i would say a win is I mean, kind of goes along with what she said just the 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 pers- the communication um we would at nights have a check-in and that happened man for a long time we were kind of in the depths of this and and for over a year regularly had a set time where we were checking in with each other um in regard to in regard to things and and just communicating where we were at and uh and i felt like you know those opportunities you know the more we did it the the better we were able to um see the other side you know there were days when we didn't want to see the other side and and you're just frustrated you don't have the energy to to uh to feel like you can give empathy to to the other and so but that consistent effort that we put invested in ourselves made a difference i feel like and and has uh deepened our love for each other um helped us uh, know that, that we got each other's backs. And so that's where I would say our biggest win was just our, the effort we put in, in terms of communicating hard, difficult conversations and, uh, and keeping a level head and trying to keep emotion out of it and just be, be clear. Know you have the ability to, to say whatever you got on your mind and know that 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 person, the other person is going to listen and hear you and um, whether they respond exactly how you want. That's, you can't always guarantee that but for the most part you know that um uh, you're safe in that environment
1: you know you we usually ask at the end what advice you would give but you just said it right there i mean you took your own advice um that's really good advice for others to hear as well is there anything else that you wanted to bring up or talk about that we haven't talked about yet
3: i don't think so i mean yeah I don't I mean, I could talk for a long time <laughs> about all of this.
0: We'll have to do a part two and part, part two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How have you been able to find support? You said through the Marco Polo group you found support through with from other women. Do you connect with women um who are in the ward anymore? Or is that is that difficult for you, Ashley?
3: Oh, that's been kind of hard. I've, I've had a hard time with that. And I, there was one friend that I really connected strongly with. And then, um, she started following my stuff and, um, got, got really, she really came at me telling me I should not be. She said I was in, I was encouraging people to leave the church, which I never did. Um, I was just, you know, for, for people who are in my position it was just more of how can you get to a, a different place of understanding, you know? And, and anyway, she just really came at me about it and it was very off-putting to me. And, and so then that one kind of that friendship, has, I, I mean, if I were to see her, you know, I would be totally fine. I just don't know. It It just kind of, is a little weird at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've found that I don't know how now to um, interact sometimes with some of the women at church. And, and while part of me feels like um, they probably wouldn't like my positioning, the other part is like maybe more of them feel more like I do than I realize. And, And I think some of the women in my Marco Polo group actually also brought that to my attention, and I realized, Mm. yeah, I think so.
0: (laughs) Something magical happens when you start to share your 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 inner story. Uh, When you start to be public, those people seek you out. People that feel the same way. That I mean, we've had so many people, even just in our ward, that have no idea about the podcast uh, that will approach and say, or I mean, when I was still attending, they would text me in the after I would raise my hand and make a comment defending LGBTQ rights or something like that. And they would, I would yeah. get three or four text messages saying I could never say that, but thank you for saying that Like, there's, yeah. there is, there are consequences to speaking out as you just explained, yes. you, mm-hmm. friendships can be, can be damaged or even lost. But, but then you, that's how you find people that, that feel the same way. And that in and of itself is, you know, finding the support for yourself, harvesting the support yourself.
1: Well, and I mean, Ashley, as you know, when you have people or you're surrounded by people and maybe the reaction is so violent or so negative, um, a lot of times there, there are just, there's a lot of fear deep down. There's fear of, what someone else's opinion, how it could change yours. There's fear about um, underlying feelings that you've always had that you haven't been able to address. I'm going to write a book that's called um, afraid of the answers, because I think most of us are afraid of asking ourselves and our spouses because we don't want to hear the answers. Right. Yes. And, and, and it sounds like your journey has been one of self-discovery and finding the answers that you're looking for. Would you, is that what you feel like?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've always been able to find the answers that I'm looking for and often they've come in very different ways than I ever expected. But yeah, I would say you're pretty accurate in that.
0: Shane, I want to ask you the same question with the support question because Unlike me, you know, I've got this whole post-Mormon community <laughs> that can sympathize with the, the church history rabbit hole that I went down. <laughs> like, do you feel like you get the support you need and where you're at?
2: You know, I I find connections um, well, and in to- in regard to this topic, I truly just don't share it very often. I keep it pretty close to my heart. Um, but my fam, my brothers. I have a, a little brother that's. Um, probably my best friend and and uh we could share anything with him and he's fully aware we they came out for thanksgiving and and we had he'd known some of the stuff but we kind of rolled it all out for him at thanksgiving and he shared some of the some of the things that he had felt um that they're going through and a lot of similarities in in some ways and so you know i get that connection through venting to ashley venting to my brother um so I kind of get that through the family. I don't really have much more of a circle uh in terms of that. I, I feel like I and I can tell I haven't fully resolved my feelings in my mind because I, you know, I think about my mission again and, and my mission president and just absolutely loved him. And so many so many um so many missionaries that I respected and that I know respected me, I would uh I would struggle to have them know have them find out where I'm at. And I still haven't. And I'm bothered by the fact that, uh, that I feel that way. Like, you know, if these people, um, were so important to me, you know, why wouldn't I be comfortable sharing, you know, my innermost thoughts? Shouldn't that be a safe place? And I, um, but yeah, they, I, I don't really, I really keep it pretty close, honestly, um, in terms of where I, who I share this stuff with.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're sharing very, very, personal details with with people so
1: well and i think it's hard to share when you haven't figured it out yeah
0: well you're it's yeah. still kind of up in the air yeah most yeah. of
1: us want to like when when we went to family members about where we were we took all it took us a whole year because we wanted to f- figure it out before yeah. we came out with all of this because we thought no it's going to be more damaging if we you know we say that there's all these things going on. So I think that that's natural, like a natural instinct to figure Mm -hmm. it out and then tell everyone (laughs) what you've decided.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: Well, I mean, you've just now shared with hundreds, (laughs) maybe, maybe (laughs) dozens, maybe, I don't know how many is listening, but you've just (laughs) shared with a, a whole community of people who can really relate and, um, and feel what you're going through. I, you know, what's so interesting about your story is that, like you, you two could swap places. Where you know, Shane, you said, yeah, I, I, I could defend the church. I still, you mm-hmm. know, love my mission. And Ashley's like, well, I have issues, but I, you know, I still have want this connection. And and so I think that it's such a unique thing. And anyway, we are just so grateful that you came on to share with us. So thank you so much for sharing your story and your time with us
2: yeah absolutely and I, I just want to give you guys some feedback i can can clearly tell you have a gift for discussing this, um, opening uh, the types of questions and just the I can just tell you guys are awesome people, so yeah. <laughs> too bad you're not living close by or visiting b c because we would uh, we would love to 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 chat more for sure well, i'm gonna snake my way into another work trip to
0: <laughs> Missouri so I can I'll, come have, I'll, I'll
1: be on his companion ticket and we'll go to that there we go
3: mexican restaurant we'll go get margaritas. where <laughs> alan got the margarita <laughs>
0: there we that go. would be awesome <laughs> oh that's so fun no i appreciate you saying that shane yeah. um you're you are not you are very easy people to want to get to know yeah you're yeah. you're, you're you're charismatic, you're charming, and you have interesting things to say.
1: <laughs> all right. Oh, cool. Cool. you. Thank you all the points. That's yeah. right.
0: All right. Thanks so much. I okay,
2: believe When it's done, we're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave, because if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. you're high, I'll take the lows, you can ebb and I can flow, we'll take it slow, and grow as we go, grow as we go.